Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we discuss what's going on in our business. Plus, we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be talking to Brad Mitchell of Mojo Host. Before we get started, Adult Site Broker is proud to announce Adult Site Broker Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. With Adult Site Broker Cash, you'll have the chance to earn as much as 20% of our broker commission, referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check out our website at adultsitebroker.com or asbcash.com for more details. First of all, let's cover some of the news going on in our industry. A UK judge has allowed a coalition of age verification companies and pro-regulation nonprofits to move forward with their legal battle to compel the government to introduce a mandatory age verification system for adult content. After a high court hearing over Skype, the ruling paves the way for the plaintiffs to move forward and ask the government for the paperwork that resulted in the decision last October to backtrack with plans to implement the age verification system. The four age verification companies that brought the case were Age Checked, AV Secure, AV Yourself, and Very Me, supported by NSPCC, Barnardo's, the Children's Society, and other pro-regulation nonprofits referred to in the media as children's charities. Lance Hart has announced the imminent launch of Pervout Studios' new POV site starring real-life couples who shoot at home. During the pandemic, adult performer, director, and producer Lance Hart has been stocking up at-home content for a studio he'll be launching soon. In the next few months, Pervout Studios will be launching that content exclusively on VOD, pairing some of the most notable and rising stars who just happen to be real-life couples. Some of the featured couples include Seth Gamble and Kenzie Taylor, Charlotte Sins and her anonymous ski mask quarantine buddy, Pierce Paris and Mickey Taylor, Penny Barber and Sam Solo, and others. Hart and his wife and fellow performer Charlotte Sartre have also been filming at-home content for other prominent studios. Czech authorities have arrested a prominent Prague-based independent producer, raiding his offices and charging him and eight associates with coercing women to have sex on camera over content on one of his company's casting couch-themed websites. According to local reports, Monday's raid on the Prague offices of local online adult entertainment company Netlook resulted in the arrest of owner Martin Stibotrek. A Czech newspaper describes the charges against Stiborek and his employees with Czech words that translate as human trafficking, rape, and sexual coercion with a potential penalty of 12 years in prison. Netlook and Stiborek produced content for several pay sites, including Czech casting. The accusations described appear to be identical to those in the U.S. Girls Do Porn civil lawsuit. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We have an adult microblogging and social media site that has over 7.7 million unique visitors per month. The site is a mix of social media and microblogging with a very active user base which is expanding rapidly every day. 
The platform offers every registered user a blog, which they can use to post their own content and reblog content from other users. They can also interact with other users through comments and an instant, instant messaging system. The website offers truly immense potential for growth and earnings for the right person or company. By adding subscription plans for an ad-free experience, a new owner would significantly raise the earnings and, combined with starting to sell ads directly, could more or less double the earnings in no time at all. The site is also very unique. There's nothing else like it. Also, it has not been advertised in any way, so there are tremendous opportunities for growth using ad campaigns. For the right company, this is an opportunity which has immense potential. The great side is available now for only $280,000. Now time for this week's interview. Today on Adult Site Broker Talk, I'm speaking to Brad Mitchell, the owner of Mojo Host. Brad, thanks for being with us today. Hi, Bruce. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Now, I don't have to tell people in our industry about Brad and Mojo Host, so I won't. Just kidding. <laughs> Mojo Host is a leading company in hosting adult websites, and Brad is certainly an icon in the adult internet industry. You'll see Brad at virtually every single adult event, when we had those anyway. Uh, Mojo Host prides themselves on great customer service and great technical support. They're based in the great city, that's a lot of great, of Detroit, Michigan, and have data centers in Miami and Amsterdam. They take pride in 99.999%, that's one more nine than I'm used to, uptime, and they put in the work to make it possible. Motorhost is a self-funded company that's been profitable for more than 15 years. So Brad, how, when, and why did your journey begin at Motorhost? Sure. <laughs> so starting at the very beginning, going back, so I had uh, a regular job. Um, straight out of high school, I was working for a family business. It was a healthcare company, mm-hmm. and I had started started that as a junior in high school, um, and I had learned medical billing. So mm-hmm. I was in charge of accounts receivable and all of the things related to that facet of of that business. And so I that did sounds, that. Actually. That sounds thrilling, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Uh, a more boring desk job, but uh, but I you know I enjoyed it. Obviously, I learned on the job. I was very young and way smarter back then. Uh, I started working there when I was uh, 16, 16 or seventeen years old. So you know, in high school, and I actually proceeded to work there for just over seven years, and um, so quite a long time. And so toward toward the end of my journey, so fast forwarding to you know about nineteen ninety nine. A lot of things were going on in my in my life. It was maybe my my first uh, early early life crisis. There, I you know at, the, at that time we were yeah, I was just getting married to Melissa. We had mm-hmm. just purchased our our first home, and uh, I decided to go ahead and quit my day job. So wow. I didn't quite know what I was going to do. I was a key employee at the company, and of course I wanted to help them with a smooth transition to some other leadership and management, but um, I just knew it was the direction I had to go in. And um, so I gave a very long, like a six month notice. This was in August of 99. And Mm -hmm. 
I, I met I met a guy through through somebody that I knew uh, ended up taking on a business partner and we I was looking for businesses for sale I didn't really have a predisposition to what type of business I just knew that I wanted to do my own thing and thought that that might be a good avenue of trying to find um, you know a business that someone else had operated and uh, ended up finding an adult website for sale so yeah, so I took on this business partner at that time. Of course, I was very young. I was 23 years old, um, and this gentleman had you know, some savings that he brought to the table that we used for a down payment on this adult entertainment site, and uh, that's kind of when and how the journey began. I, he was an awful business partner, as, as I learned you know, later in that next year, shortly after most, becoming partners. Most star, Brad. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he had a gambling problem, and... Uh, so that, that doesn't make for a good fit for, for anybody as a business partner yep. and really didn't have any any internet skills. He was a very skilled salesperson. And so what we would what we were doing in the beginning after we bought these websites was we were selling uh, website building and website design to raise additional money to kind of just to keep the machine going while we were learning our new craft. Mm-hmm. So, but it was very much for me a birth by fire. I had bought a website that the seller defrauded me on. I bought a site that was, as I learned, you know, pretty much immediately after the purchase, you know, I didn't really know how to do due diligence. So um, mm-hmm. it's actually it's, it's so comical to me that the story fits, fits so well in for you as the adult site broker. <laughs> I didn't know how to do due diligence. I bought a website that had all stolen Usenet content. Even the designs weren't original. They were copied out six different times across six different sets of domains and sold to other people as, you know, business opportunity or, you know, established business for sale. The, even the credit card recurring uh, billing database was stuffed with bad information and fraudulent information. So pretty much everything about what I purchased was a fraud and was wrong. Um, You know, of course I was, I was two feet into this, this life change here. So uh, I had to think quick on my feet and, you know, once I really understood what was going on, I had a couple of very distinct goals. The first one was to make sure that I got absolute control over the domain name assets that I purchased. Um, And at that time, way back when you couldn't just initiate a domain transfer between registrars, you actually had to do paperwork uh, with, uh, you know, notary signatures, and submit all of that to a registrar to move a domain from one owner to another. Wow. And so the seller was playing some games with that, but ultimately I got them switched switched over to my control. And then I knew once I had the domains in my control that I could just lock the business down, stop making payments to the guy and lawyer up and tell him, you know, what he could go do with himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we did. And I went and started sort of furiously shopping for legitimate content. Of course, I didn't want to have stolen content. I didn't really understand the, you know, the rules back then. It was, I was so young and it was so long ago. Um, just wasn't something, wasn't something I understood well, but of course I became a student very quickly by reading all of the resource boards that were online back then and trying to yep. understand how this business works. So what I did very quickly is I went and I found several large libraries to purchase from producers, and one of the gentlemen, I'm sure you probably crossed him on your path over the years, was Max Candy. Mm. Max had a huge library of photos. Um, I want to say it's maybe 30 or 40,000 photos that I purchased from him back then, you know, a couple hundred videos. And um, 
I proceeded to more or less delete all of the sites that kind of just stayed up all night, built new websites. I built, uh, you know, a couple, I built about two dozen niche websites, mm. you know, I created, you know, sorted all the content, created all my galleries, did all the designs myself using Dreamweaver, mm. you know, re-uploaded all of that. Um, the, the pay sites that I had purchased uh, did have a recurring um, membership base of some sort. I was still sorting out what that what that meant and what that was for the business. Sure. But uh, I just kind of reinvented the whole thing and uh, then just proceeded on that journey to figure out how to make money, how to pay the bills. You know, so one thing led to another. I ended up trying lots of different things before I landed on web hosting as a professional endeavor. Um, as it turns out, you know, being a little bit more nerdy and technically oriented, I, you know, from the very beginning, I, I, when I bought that business, uh, I, I was, I was a, a customer of a web hosting company in the, in the, in the first part in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I ultimately ended up, um, you know, buying my own hardware, co-locating it in a data center here in Detroit, um, finding myself a, a, a server administrator to help me administrate the server, um, and then, you know, moving it over from that web host to a small setup in the data center. And, you know, really within my first year of business in 2000, after attending an IA 2000 conference in, in New Orleans, um, I had some other sort of adult business ideas that I was actioning on, and and along my journey, I ended up making friends and sure. bringing some other people into my hosting. You know, like I had even my best friend here in Detroit at that time. He had a server and he wanted to co-locate it. So yeah. you know, there was that, and then um, you know, so just little things that I could do to make more money to offset what my bills were, so that I could um, you know survive, I suppose. Um, what it's all about so it was really it was a few years later it wasn't until april 2002 that we really professionally endeavored with a hosting brand and, the, and when i came together with Corey baldwin to form what we what you know as mojo host today mm-hmm. but you know, along that path i had um several adult businesses i had the pay sites mm-hmm. which in their initial uh, form were not an affiliate program they were just lots of niche pay sites and I was doing my own SEO and mm-hmm. you know back then you could submit to search engines and you know try to try to get organic traffic um, eventually though I did create a pay site affiliate program so I ran that for a while I the first success that I really had online though um, had an interesting relationship to how I got started so when I bought the adult websites after I had essentially deleted and reinvented all of those and republished using you know all of the right kinds of content and form for the websites mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what else could I do with these domains that are getting traffic to to monetize and I didn't really trust the whole affiliate program concept because it it just seemed so foreign to me back then mm-hmm. you know and obscure with the technology and you know, link tracking Remember, this is two, you know, two thousand, um, and I didn't really know any of these guys that owned those businesses. I had been to a conference, but not, um, you know, I wasn't in the in the cool kids club, so I didn't I didn't really get all I didn't really get all of that. And actually, I uh, so I had thought to myself, you know, well, what else can I promote online to make money that would be a good match for different types of niche fetish and you know other websites? And I thought, you know, how about how about phone sex lines? So, you know, at that time, magazine distribution was still a, a very real, very important thing. And I had noted, of course, that every adult magazine was 
filled with phone sex ads. Mm-hmm. So before I went to that first conference, I actually had located a bureau that I could get some numbers from, and um, they ended up assigning me, it was 12 or 15 lines for, you know, different, um, different kinks and fetishes and, you know, preferences, I suppose I would say, mm-hmm. types of lines, you know, to, to, to cater to different fantasies. Sure. And uh, so when I went to that first conference in May, my goal was actually to meet that company, maybe meet a couple of other bureaus, because what had happened in a short course between December of 99 and, and May of 2000 was I put these numbers on my websites and I started getting checks and making money. So I thought to myself, you know, and doing, doing some more um, searching online, I didn't really see anyone promoting phone numbers. And I'm like, I was thinking, geez, you know, if I can make money with this, that's great. But, you know, if I could, if I could own the numbers and I could teach other webmasters how to do exactly what I'm doing and maybe make 25 or 50 cents a minute, mm-hmm. uh, having them, you know, resell, you know, assign them numbers and have them selling online, that mm-hmm. might actually be a pretty good business. So, exactly. So that was what I worked on. And then really, you know, by the end of that year, I met this other great gentleman, um, Tom DeCampo at uh, IA2000. And we ultimately ended up partnering up. He owned a very um, high quality bureau that was based on the Northeast Coast out of Boston. Mm-hmm. And just a great match. He's a, a fantastic person. So we partnered up and started the um, the affiliate program for that. So that just was really the first thing that I did online that made even more money. And so in that business partnership, we got along really well. But, you know, one of the lessons that I learned there was I was challenged, I thought, um, getting value from my business partner um, in the way that, um, you know, he owned a phone bureau. So they had the credit card processing. They had the customer support. They employed the talent. And really what I was mm-hmm. creating our partnership was you know, an affiliate marketing machine, right? Right. So I was, you know, finding affiliates. I was creating advertisements, banner ads, text ads, um, you know, closing on new affiliates and helping them to figure out how to market this stuff properly. And about a year into it, we had, we were were doing pretty well, I thought. We were grossing around a half million a year in sort of top line sales. But I was only making $25,000 out of that. Mm. And, you know, I just kind of had this epiphany moment where I thought, you know, you know, like I said, love him, love him dearly. He became a great friend of mine and he he still is today. Um, But it just wasn't matching for me on on what I thought my future path had. So what we did very amicably was we ended up splitting up the the entire business and the customer Mm -hmm. base very evenly um, to essentially become competitors, still using his bureau because they did the best job. Uh, sure. to do the processing. But, you know, even when I did that, it, you know, I figured it was uh, it was a win for me because I was still making the same money. So now I had half as many affiliates and half of the gross revenue, but I had 100% of, of my earn out on that, mm-hmm. which ultimately ended up being, you know, the same money that I was making. And then at that point, mm-hmm. I was like so poor and broken and debt. I think I was six digits in credit card debt my first 12 months in Jeez. business. Um yeah, so I was super motivated, did a, did a bunch more conferences, found a lot more affiliates, really cranked and grinded on that business. And, mm-hmm. you know, I ended up, you know, uh, 
I don't know, grew the business six or eightfold, mm-hmm. and then next the next following year, um, and then ultimately ended up selling that business back to to that that old business partner Tom. So, sure. and somewhere along the way, I you know when I had my phone affiliate program is actually where I met Corey Baldwin. We used to do these cool little meetups here in Greater Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. So if you go north of Detroit, about two hours, you end up in a small town called Saginaw, Michigan, yeah. up north by Bay City. And yep. there were a bunch of Michigan webmasters back then. So we used to meet like once a month at this restaurant called the Texan <laughs> for uh, for brunch. Mm. And that's where I met Corey and a, and a whole group of other really, really nice webmasters um, that I had originally met at a conference. But um, you know, basically, I still had the space and power and hosting was hosting some friends. And mm-hmm. Corey was a hobby hobbyist, I think, server admin at that point. Mm-hmm. Said, you know, you're really good at selling. If you think you want to sell some more hosting, you know, I'll manage it for you and maybe mm-hmm. we can make a business out of this. So we shook hands and imagine that <laughs> we're kind of off to we're kind of off to the races. So eventually, what ended up happening was um, around the time that I, I, I saw this, you know, the sort of the future of that phone business, and then knew that I was my just my decision to sell that business um, was was actually inspired by the idea that I, I saw that I could get a living wage out of the new hosting company that we had started. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I thought, you know, this would be great. It'd be a windfall. I can go and pay off my credit card debt. Mm-hmm. You know, Melissa and I can go buy a bigger house and a new car <laughs> and kind of just be on to this next journey. Yeah. Um, and so that's basically what happened, you know, and along the way mm-hmm. between then and now, and that was in 2000, probably 2003, 2002 to 2004 was, was when all of that transpired. And the journey from then to now um I sold all of the, I sold and closed all of these other different little business ideas that I had. You know, like I had a, a content uh, leasing program that looked looked back then much like an itty bitty piece of maybe what Centro has today for mm. a leasing content to pay sites. I had come across a really wonderful um, content producer that had an original collection of written erotic stories that she had recorded as audio stories. So I'm not mm. sure if. In your path, you ever came across um, Oceana or Francine? She, oh. Frank, she might have been oh, yeah. known. Of course. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, lovely lady. We partnered on that for many years, and it was funny, too, because I actually met her right at the very beginning. She's the person I would call my first friend. So mm-hmm. when I was when I realized I was defrauded on my pay sites with all of the stolen content, I was, like I said, searching for... You're, ta- you're, ta- you're talking about the gal that started Radio Dentata, right? Absolutely. Well, I had to go. You know, way, 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 way back then, when I was trying to build and fill out my pay sites with licensed content to do it the right way, Mm -hmm. I came across her. I said, you know, this is really neat. I've never seen anything like this. And you know, at the time, she was selling the audio stories like piecemeal, one by one. And and we were just, she was sharing with me over the phone her challenges on being a business owner and doing the content licensing. And she had at that time, I think one or two other companies that were doing the distribution for her that were supposed to be sending her commission checks. Yeah. And she was pretty convinced that they were stealing from her. And I said, you know, what I think would be a great idea for you and your business is why don't you just take your whole library? We'll figure out how to get it hosted for you. And you could just rent access to it. You could go mm-hmm. and 
rather than sell the individual works of art, you could you could put them all together in a separable collection and and you could rent that to pay site owners and then they'd have to pay you monthly. And wouldn't that be great? Just to, you know, get a check perpetually. There you go. So we worked on that and, you know, it never ended up being a huge business, but it was a good business. We made on that, um, I think, a couple thousand dollars a month for, for many years working together. And, um, you know, yeah, Frankie, uh, Frankie, Frankie's an awesome, awesome gal. She surely is. So, yeah. so that's the very early stuff. And then, of course, you know, Mojo Host mm-hmm. eventually happened. And, you know, that really took on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 2004, 2005, and six, and then just really continued growing. I never had a super organized business plan for how to effectively catapult that business. Um, mm-hmm. But we just kind of worked in the trenches and learned everything the hard way. And, you know, one customer, one server at a time mm-hmm. just was uh, always very hardworking. And um, today I'm, I'm proud to see that, you know, the business has not only survived, but it's it's thrived, I think, pretty, pretty well. And I we've got a, a really large, happy customer base, which makes me very proud. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's not an easy it's not an easy business to be in. I mean, it's 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 a complex deliverable. Mm-hmm. It's it's very high tech, you know, technology. Just imagine how many times the carrot has moved with hosting technology over the last 15 mm-hmm. years. It's moved so much. Um, I think things change. I think things change there on a monthly basis. You know, on that on that vein, Brad, talk about some of the products and services you guys offer there. Sure. So, as you would expect, I think from probably any hoster, we have a lot of different ways that we can sell you website hosting. A lot of different products. So, the core tenant of our business is really what we would call dedicated hosting, and that's where yeah. somebody comes to us and rents a server and has that server all to themselves mm-hmm. for their website. So, um, so of course we have dedicated server hosting and that's, that's kind of like our largest product, biggest tie to revenue. So we have currently around 1200 servers in Miami. Um, and then we have another, I don't know the exact count. It's three or 400 servers in Amsterdam. Mm. And I think I've got about 90, Five, 90, 90%, 95% of those rented. Um, and so that's the main product, but we also sell, um, you know, dedicated hosting costs, you know, without management support and backups costs, you know, as low as maybe $150 a month, maybe averages mm-hmm. $250, $300 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have more entry-level tiers of hosting, and those would be um, what we call a virtual private server. Right. So... Explaining that, that's like taking, imagine a dedicated server that has redundant hard drives and, of course, good memory and CPU resources. Imagine taking that and then at the operating system layer, carving that server up kind of like a pie. So if you took those resources of, say, 10 CPUs and, you know, 32 gigabytes of RAM, and then you divided that using a smart operating system so that customers... Mm -hmm could buy smaller instances of, you know, X gigabytes of storage, so Uh many two or three or four CPU cores and, you know, four gigs of RAM or eight gigs of RAM. So that's what we call VPS hosting or virtual private Uh servers. So we have that as a product line. It is a smaller part of our business, but um, it's really important to, in my opinion, to always have a really great product for people that have ideas and that are just getting started out. 
So well, sure, because that builds your future business. It does. It does. And obviously, you know, not everybody, not everybody is going to, um, you know, ride a winning horse into the sunset. <laughs> I really, I really get some of my, some of my greatest satisfaction working with new entrepreneurs and people that are just starting off. You know, I've, sure. I've had a really interesting journey and it energizes me to work with people that have great ideas and that, that are really working hard at them. So, and that product, someone's able to come aboard as a customer uh, in the price range of ostensibly 10 to $100 per month and get a real professional hosting product that has um, super advanced you know, technical support to help make things easy for them. Um, so that's that's sort of like our the second product there. And then right. we have a service called CDN or also that's uh -huh. an acronym, stands for Content Delivery Network. Right. So at Mojo Host, we actually have several. Um, but put simply, we have what we would consider to be premium CDN, and then we have what we would consider to be value CDN. Hmm. So when you own a website and you're publishing things on the internet, you've got, <clears throat> excuse me, you've got the challenge of delivering content all around the world to people that live in big cities and small cities and rural areas and in all of these countries all around the globe. Sure. And the internet is complicated, you know, it's... Mm -hmm not just a bunch of wires that magically work. And mm -hmm. so what CDN allows the website owner to do is to more effectively serve um, video to people all around the world. Mm -hmm. So the way it works is your content is, of course, always stored in your primary hosting account or server. Um, right. But through your linking methodology of how the content gets gets. Uh, accessed, um, it will get downloaded from your server into the CDN. They will store a copy of that in a cache of theirs, and then as your if your as your file gets popular around the world, they will then take copies of that file and put it in multiple data centers. Mm -hmm. So both of our all of the CDN networks that we work with, you know, have have each more than fifty different nodes around the world. But the basic idea is that when the content is stored closer to the surfer, it becomes easier to deliver that file, which might be quite large, mm -hmm. as fast as possible, right? So what the benefit that this gives a site owner is they're really able to round out the 10 to 15% of surfers that might have a challenged surfing experience. Right. Because, you know, a network that's built right, like at Mojohost, where, you know, I pick the right phone companies and I use the right network hardware and we use smart software to make everything go even faster. That'll get you nine tenths of the way to where you want to go with your business. But your challenge Absolutely. is always that 90 10 rule in life where you've got, you know, in this instance, maybe 10% of the world is a little bit more challenged to have a good surfing experience. Mm -hmm. So what CPN allows you to do pretty effectively is, um, is make everything faster for those surfers, whether it's the images on your website or mm -hmm. um, or the videos. And so for people that are interested in CDN, we've got a lot of great plans starting just, I think, as low as $10 a month. Um, wow. You know, and some, and some of the sales that we do, we even just sell it on usage and bill in arrears. Mm -hmm. And the rate, the rate someone can pay per gigabyte with us is truly the range of um, point, uh, like, Okay, so from a penny on the high side, one penny per byte of transfer to 0.003 cents. Wow. So depending on whether or not you have a pay site in, 
and I always recommend to use premium CDN if you've got paying members or you have a tube site, sure. which is a strenuous business model and you know is always challenged on margin. Then you need a best effort, good you know good CDN, but you, you know you you can't have a premium expensive delivery when you're giving everything away for free. So we, so I like that we've got multiple different products that we can match clients up with. And behind the scenes, we've got wholesale relationships with five different CDN companies. Mm. So we have, you know, master wholesale agreements with all of them. We're the product experts. We do first tier technical support. And, you know, we pretty much do all the tiers of, of support directly with us. So it's not really, um, you know, they're, they're assisting with that deliverable, but really the communication's always just between us and the customer. Unless okay. it's a super weird problem that needs escalating, um, but uh, so that's another product. You know, we have domains. Uh, Mojo Host has a great everyday low price of nine dollars and ninety nine cents for a .com domain, and mm. and we include free privacy. Mm. So you know, there are a lot of different choices that uh, somebody has when they are registering domains, and we like to think we're actually a great one because. There's no hidden fees. There's no tricks. You, if you have a question, you can still work with our tech support team, which mm -hmm. is fabulous. Um, and we have a good everyday low price. It doesn't renew at a higher rate the next year. And we don't charge a premium for privacy services, which everybody should want enabled on their domains to just cut down on oh, scams yeah. and phone calls. So absolutely, yeah, it's yeah. Worth noting on that on that side of things. Hmm. Uh, came up the other day in my other interview that I was doing with. But we also have the best price on the internet for the MMX domain TLDs, mm -hmm. top domains of .sex, .porn, .adult, and .triplex. So oh, really? when, you, when you surf the internet, you'll see that most websites are selling these domains for prices really that are north of $100. So the price mm -hmm. range you find when surfing is, I think, uh, the range of $85 to $125. Mm -hmm. We've got it priced at uh, what's essentially a loss leader uh, at or below cost after my merchant processing fees of essentially $75, mm. which is awesome. That so is. so if is. someone's out starting a website, yes, it's true that that is a lot more expensive than buying a .com, but the inventory of really fabulous .com domains has been exhausted for 20 years, right? Oh, sure. So, Sure. I think that those domains being, uh, you know, catering to the adult entertainment industry are great, uh, are great to look at for new business ideas because it really gives someone an opportunity to buy a nice, short, brandable mm -hmm. domain that could be, you know, five or ten characters, mm -hmm. which is going to be near impossible, you know, to do on a .com, right? Especially if yep. someone's starting off. So Absolutely. I always recommend to people that are starting a business, and I, I always love trying to come up with new domain names, but uh, I always recommend checking out that TLD. So Absolutely. Absolutely. The Mojo domains, and then I apologize. I feel like I'm long-winded on my product descriptions. <laughs> we've built some magical cloud products. So that's mm -hmm. really very much a part of the business today and I think a huge part of our future. So mm -hmm. Mojo Host has cloud products that are – extraordinarily competitive against Amazon. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of people use the Amazon S3 storage. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that simple storage. Um, and Amazon charges 2.3 cents per gigabyte to store something. And, mm -hmm. S and then they charge 7 cents to download that gigabyte. Mm. That's where... That's where the differentiation is. So we've built a cloud that's completely compatible with all the same software standards. 
and uh, we charge a half penny to 0 0.0025 cents for that downloaded yeah. gigabyte. So we are wow. literally 17 times cheaper, and I love that. Well, it doesn't so, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, our stuff is very high performance, and so we've got we've got that product, and that's a wonderful product for people that are doing tube sites. Like we've got a partnership with mm -hmm. MechBunny that allows somebody to go and launch a tube site. And what we've done at Mojo is we've created a really high value package for people to um, for people to use. So we help offset the cost of the MechBunny license, which is about 440 US. Right. Um, down to 200 bucks mm. and we've got fully integrated VPS and dedicated server packages that leverage um, uh, there's, I don't it's not truly infinite but leverage almost nearly infinite cloud storage so basically mm. you get a VPS instance and, and then it gets paired through software with the MechBunny software that gives someone access to where all their video files get stored in the Mojo cloud mm. and you just pay for what you're storing really really simple and then it's also turnkey integrated with our value cdn mm -hmm. so that means somebody can go and start a website use that software pay 50 bucks a month to mojo host and have a mature hosting account that has scalable cloud storage and global content delivering wow that's so, awesome so that's pretty so i love those cloud products and there's more coming later this year with um more cloud instances that will compete against Amazon's EC2 service. And, you know, it is typically the case. We build also private clouds for clients. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, sorry, Bruce, just making a stock trade here. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I said, sorry, I was just making a stock trade. I got stuck in the stock for two weeks and just finally oh, got an exit on it. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll wait while you make your stock trade. No, it's, it's, it's already done. But, you know, okay, I, had to, good. I, I was ah, getting really, ah. I was I was trying to keep my brain busy during this whole pandemic. And I picked up this new hobby of uh, of, of trading stocks. So it's been a there it's you been go. A well, now we know what you've been doing during the pandemic. OK, <laughs> so <laughs> how does Mojo host differ from your competition? As you know, there's lots of choices. OK. If I'm out there and I'm shopping for hosting, why would I pick Mojo Host? So I think that we really offer the best well-rounded value to someone that owns a website. So we have a, what I consider to be a really great everyday low price on all of our products. Um, we don't do contracts. We don't charge setup. Um, but what really makes Mojo Host, I think, the best choice is the quality of our technical support here. So we've got a really healthy, very happy uh, corporate culture here at Mojo. And, yes. um, and I've just got a brilliant team of system administrators. So when someone's a Mojo Host customer, especially, you know, when they, because most 90, 95 you know, or more percent of our business is adult entertainment. Right. So we are we are industry experts and specialists, and we are product and software specialists. Mm -hmm. So no matter what it is, anyone could ever in, endeavor to do on the internet and the adult internet of things. We've very much been there, done that, have the mm -hmm. experience, and can parlay our knowledge to customers to save people tons of time and money and headache. Mm -hmm. So my whole team is of, of support staff is super super experienced. Right. And it's really just a part of our service culture that they're 
they're not in the habit of saying no. They're also not in the habit of giving lazy answers. So, you know, oftentimes in technical support, mm -hmm. so we have a very concierge, um, very concierge uh, service mm -hmm. where somebody can ask for help. Right. And, and we do all the work. You know, can you please mm -hmm. install the script? Can you please set up this domain? Can you please configure my email? Mm -hmm. Gee, my site seems slow. Can you take a look at the, the, the code on the page? You know, mm -hmm. all different kinds of troubleshooting. Mm -hmm. And we're real go-getters. So the solution to a lot of technical problems at other hosting companies is often upselling, you know, where, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, you need more. When you need more storage, you need more storage. But you know, mm -hmm. the solution to every technical challenge isn't that you need more RAM or, or more CPU or a bigger hosting plan. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, by tweaking the software environment on the server is really how you leverage um, you know, higher performance and getting more, getting more out of, 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 what, uh, of what you're doing. So mm -hmm. I think it's our tech support team because they're awesome, they're fast, you know, if you've got an emergency and you send us, you know, whether you call or you create an emergency support ticket, it'll be looked at immediately within the first 60 seconds. Um, other than that, you know, support response times are very, very quick. Typically, um, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. Um, you know, we, we endeavor to try to answer, you know, to at least be working on um, the problems within, you know, 15 minutes of, of a ticket being created. And that is not the case. So if, like, you're at a mainstream host, you could be looking at, Hmm. Um, hours to 20, you know, hours to a day on, on yes. your CPU supply. Yes. Uh, we're staffed all of the time. So mm -hmm. having now such a large team, we, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing business 24-7, 365. So on every shift, we've got lots of, of very skilled system administrators that are very patient and uh, very effortful. You know, we hmm. take pride in... Um, our staff not just directly answering questions, but also trying to ask the bigger questions sometimes that the clients don't know to be asking. Mm -hmm. You know, when we go into a situation or a server or a website, we're trying to look at the big picture of things and see, you know, what else can we help with or tweak, you know, to help guide this client. You know, and we're always asking, is there anything else more that we can do for you? <coughs> rather than just rather than just having a system administrator that's got, you know, sort of blinders on that's mm -hmm. just doing what's only what's asked of them right right so um we really try to go that extra mile and i think that that really translates to uh, being powerful for our customers and the results that they're able to drive with their website hosting now brad i i would call you the trade show king i have never been to a show that you weren't at okay um, and that's to your credit, by the way. I don't know how you do it, quite frankly, because I couldn't <laughs> go to that many shows and survive. Um, what advice would you give to trade show attendees, especially new ones, so they can get the most out of these events? So we all have to start somewhere. And the truth <laughs> of it is, when I started um, way back when, um, I uh, I didn't I was nobody from nowhere and I didn't know a whole lot and I had a, an awfully crushing social anxiety fear of meeting people and um, and most people don't know that about me but uh, but it wasn't easy and you know I think you know the first thing that I did when I when I was started at trade shows was I, I went to I just went to seminars all day to learn as much as possible and maybe for me that probably meant sitting in the back of the room 
Um, <laughs> but, you know, the most important thing is just to really uh, talk to people, you know, to open up, to introduce sure. yourself. You know, we have such a friendly industry. It's really one of the most endearing it's the the endearing reason that I love what we do is the people. It's a family. It, it does kind of operate like a big, like a big family, and people mm-hmm. are friendly and they share information mm-hmm. um, freely. And uh, and so my advice is 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 just get out there and network. You know, if all mm-hmm. you if all you do is, you know, go to parties or or stand near groups of people but not engage, then you're really missing out on that big value of of this relationship building because the best teachers yep. you're going to meet are are the individuals that have that are that are already in the business and doing the mm-hmm. things that um that you want to do so my suggestion is just get plugged in you know you do those things like yep. the speed networking um you can oh, always yeah. you can always meet people um at wherever the bar or restaurant is in the hotel that the show is at mm-hmm always can be people standing around just chatting and everybody everybody always wants to meet more people but not everybody's super good at at doing that but um yeah and then i i think you know ask questions mm-hmm. and you know ask people you know and have people tell you their story you know how did yeah. you get started? you know what do you, what do you do what do you love about this oh geez what's mm-hmm. that you know how did you get started uh yeah, what's, what's, yeah. what's your biggest what's your biggest failure yeah exactly my my best my best advice about pay shows is that free booze isn't free (laughs) (laughs) well it is it is i mean that's part of like what i call that whole good mojo thing (laughs) um so i actually i've got a story about that Um, well i was gonna i was about to ask you about that so why don't you tell me about uh what's up with that whole that whole good mojo slogan so that was um that was an advent of of Jay um, from Life Candy, who also owns the uh, the advertising company uh, Juicy Ads. So oh, yes. it's brilliant. It just kind of fit and clicked right away, and I was like, "Wow, why didn't I think of that?" And so mm-hmm. now we've run with that, and he's helped me to sort of reimage on the branding and our marketing materials. Uh, but we've had a lot of fun with that. Um, mm-hmm. So I like it. It speaks to me. It's it's the it's the test by which I judge a lot of different situations. Like, is that good mojo? Is it not good mojo? Like, what does it mean to me? For me, it's you know doing the right thing. I think the core tenant is is just sort of like do the right thing all mm-hmm. the time, regardless of cost or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, or, or difficulty. So, you know, I I try to hold myself to that higher standard. But it also means giving without an expectation of receiving something in return. At least that's what it means to me. You know, so when we joke about the bar and you say, oh, those free drinks aren't free. Um, you know, when I started, I didn't have I didn't I didn't have a playbook for how to how to network and how to meet people. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it, I did start buying a lot of drinks at the bar and buying them for other people. But that was and yeah. I wasn't doing it because I I wanted, to, you know, like some immediate gratification to try to do business and close deals. I was just trying to be in conversation and just mm-hmm. being very, you know, and even when I started doing all that, I wasn't, I wasn't on any easy street with money. I was using, you know, what I would consider to be, uh, you know, borrowed money. Mm-hmm. Really well, you know what, when I, when I say that, I'm talking about people who go to these parties and get so drunk they forget where they are. You, on the other hand, I'll, I'll never forget 
we were in San Francisco and there was a dead time during the show at the, uh, that the, I think it was the last why not show there. And Brad said, okay, we're opening up the bar. And everybody's like, what? And you were buying <laughs> drinks for people for two hours. And, Oh, it, it made it made quite an it made quite an impression on me just the generosity you know um, and and how you support this industry which I do very much appreciate and even at that time that was still that was still you know young yeah in my business um, yep so you know perception is always different than reality yes I, that was that was exactly what happened there and the other part to that story was. I had just gotten to a place where I really wanted to go out on the dance floor and the band was finishing. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, like, you know, I don't no, know. This was, no, I had a couple of drinks. Af- maybe this I was the middle of the afternoon. You might have done it again. Oh. You might have done it again. Okay, I'm thinking I'm thinking of a close I'm thinking of a closing party at that, oh, at that okay. show. But um yeah, I know yeah, so I've been known to open the bar and you know, geez, oh. over the last fifteen years I've probably spent at least a half million dollars on alcohol. Um, I would say probably <laughs> But, you know, it's not important. You know, the drinking part of it, the alcohol part isn't important to me. I actually grew up, uh, you know, in an alcoholic family and I always respect people's choices. So I'm not the type of person that that is, you know, insistent in pushing drinks. I I always respect people that are making a different choice and try to be supportive um, of that. But, you know, we do have some fun times at these conferences. And I've found for myself that one of the most effective ways to grow my brand is just really trying to be a, like a, a source of, of, of networking and hospitality. And you are, uh, you most, you most certainly are. Okay. So last question. And you know, I love giving you a bad time because you win so many of these 50 plus industry awards. And I, 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 I kid you on Facebook. It's like, it's like, ah, uh, you want another one. Brad, where are you going to put this one? You're going to need a whole building for your trophies. <laughs> but uh, tell me, tell me about that and what it means to you. So I remember the first award that I ever won and boy, did I want it that year. It's actually, I think it's sort of, it's sort of a, sort of a cute story. So it was, it was uh, 2009, mm-hmm. January, XBiz. And I remember... You know, and at the, in 2009, so I had been doing Mojo Steady for seven years mm-hmm. and really full-time committed for for five years. Like, you know, I sold all those other early businesses. So, you know, starting in 2004 was, uh, was really when we were super, super focused on only Mojo. But by 2000, beginning of 2009, I just, you know, man, I really, the, the company had been growing like a rocket ship, you know, 50% or greater, you know, year over year growth for a bunch of years straight. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was so much the underdog when I started with no customers as a web host in the adult sure. industry. Um, you know, it was really like climbing the Matterhorn mm-hmm. um, by getting there. And, you know, and in that particular moment in my life, I don't think I had ever given too much thought before then to award shows because there really wasn't a lot of that going on way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which year XBiz had started doing those. I think, um, you know, I know I was paying attention in a couple of years prior, but that year, man, I really felt like I had worked so hard and, mm-hmm. you know, as, uh, as uninteresting as it is, like I just, I, I just wanted to be like acknowledged. 
Sure. You know, I felt like I felt like I was really crushing what my competition was doing. Like yes. we were doing a better job at it. We were using better hardware. Our support was good. Mm-hmm. And I just I wanted something that I could rest not rest rest on my laurels, but I wanted some mm-hmm. kind of like public affirmation saying like you know yeah, yeah you guys you guys are great because you know I know I was working hard. My team was working hard. Sure. And you know as I was. Um, because I mean, we were really trying to do the best job. It wasn't just like get more business, make more money. It was the challenge of right. how do you, how can we be really good at what we do and keep growing. Mm-hmm. So on that year, I was super focused. I was nominated. I was so excited to be nominated. Mm-hmm. You know, in the years prior to that, I had I, I had felt like a bridesmaid. You know, for the mm-hmm. I think it was three or four years prior, we were we were nominated for right. for an best web host of the year award. Mm-hmm. Uh, that particular year, I just felt like it was my time and I wanted it. So mm-hmm. I was sitting outside the venue. So I think it was at some rocker place, some smaller venue, um, probably, you know, in that West Hollywood area. And I was outside. I was having a drink and a cigarette with one of my hosting competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looked at me and he said, and I, I think I think out of my own anxiety, I probably had had a couple too many drinks that night, you know. <laughs> I was definitely buzzed, and I know this because I was I was like really emotional. So I was out there with him, and he just kind of he wasn't necessarily like the, the he is a nice guy, but he wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't an easy person, and he wasn't the um a flat the flattering type. And basically, he was just kind of berating me, he was saying, you know, dude, you're never gonna win one. You don't pay them because I had never run any advertisements or anything like that. And um, so he was, he was, he was really going kind of hard on me verbally. And I was just, I just, I basically started crying. <laughs> oh no. And so we were sitting out there and then I had this vibrating in my pocket. Um, and I ignored the first one and again, um, and I saw it and it was one of my clients inside of, uh, inside the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, dude, dude, where are you at? Dude, get the fuck in here. You just won. So, um, so I saw that. I'm like, and I don't even know what I said. The guy like, oh my god, I just want her. You know, I gotta go. You said fuck. I ran, you said, I ran inside you the venue. You said fuck you. Yeah. Um, ran inside the venue, and like I remember, like whole sea of people, like getting through that, and then the stage. I remember the stage was just about as tall as I was. Mm-hmm. There, there must have been stairs somewhere, like, you know, the logical path to go up on the stage sure. and accept an award. But, like, I just kind of, like, went through the crowd in the middle. <laughs> I remember pulling myself up on stage, um, a very tall stage. So, Funny. Um, yeah, and so that was when I got my first award. So, you know, what does that mean, to, what does that mean today, 11 years later, and 54 or however many awards it is? Um, I would say this, you know, it's it's still very humbling. Like most of these awards, yes, they are peer voted and that might make it in some sense uh, for some of these, perhaps a popularity contest, but really, you know, you get out of things, how you participate, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you don't like the results, I do encourage people, you know, you should go and vote for your business friends and partners and affiliates Mm -hmm. when they're nominated because really and truly at all of these different events, they are earnestly trying to do that right job, and they are counting the votes. So if you don't Absolutely. participate, you know, even and even on the nominations part of it, you know, you know, you, you make effort for yourself, for your own business, and for your friends and their companies. So when you mm-hmm. think people are really doing a standout job, that's when 
you know, you speak out and you su- you make a suggestion to one of those venues. You know, I think this person should be in this category this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I've done that before in suggesting different, especially some of the different personal awards, you know, mm-hmm. to try to get people recognized that haven't been recognized before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, I've always been very, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. so maybe, maybe your day's coming, Bruce. Maybe your day's coming. Oh here. yeah. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm biding my time, Brad. I'm biding my time anyway. Well, <laughs> look, you deserve all the accolades you've received. Um, you, uh, you're, you're a great partner in our industry, sir, and a great guy. And I would like to thank you so much for being on Adult Side Broker Talk today, and I hope we'll get you back on a future show. Thank you so much, Bruce, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, all that you do. It's always great to see you, and I hopefully, hopefully we'll be in person again sometime soon. My broker tip today is part three of how to buy a website. Last week, we talked about finding the right site to buy. Once you find it, what do you do? Once you've either reached the broker of the site or the seller, review the information about the site. They should provide you with the following. A profit and loss statement of at least three years that's up to date. If it's June and they give you financials only through the end of the previous year, you need to see what the site is doing now, not last year. If it's a pay site, Get a username and password for the site so you can review the content. Ask how often the site is updated. Get some history on the site. How long has it been in business? What's the story behind the site? And why does the seller want to sell it? Get an inventory of the content and how much of it has current technologies like 4K. Find out if all the content is exclusive to that site. Ask the seller if the content has ever been on VOD or DVD. See if there are any clip stores the content is on. Find out how much the content costs to produce and what the current cost of production is. Very importantly, see if this operation can run without the current owner. Do they do the shooting themselves or do they hire someone to do it? And if there is an outside producer, will that person continue to provide content for the site? Find out how many new joins and rebuilds there are a day. Ask them what is the retention rate on the site and find out if they do advertising on the site and where they get their traffic. Ask for Google Analytics access so you can see where the traffic comes from. This information will give you the opportunity to truly evaluate what it is you're buying. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week we'll be talking to Massey from Feet for Cash. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Brad Mitchell. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.